Friday, June the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Biden's corporate tax compromise and food prices on the rise. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden offered to scrap a proposed increase in America's main corporate tax rate. Instead of increasing that rate from 21% to 28% to pay for his ambitious infrastructure bill, he would jack up the minimum corporate tax rate from 10.5% to 15%. He is still in talks with Republican negotiators trying to wangle $1 trillion of infrastructure spending. Mr Biden also signed an order to bar Americans from investing in 59 Chinese companies. His rule expands on a similar order issued under the Trump administration, which forbade investment in 31 firms with ties to China's armed forces. Mr Biden's blacklist includes firms thought to aid surveillance and repression within China, e.g. against the Uyghurs and Hong Kong. The World Health Organization warned that many parts of Africa are at risk of and unprepared for new waves of COVID-19. Cases are rising in at least 14 countries. The continent has a population of 1.3 billion, but only 31 million vaccines have been administered. Joe Biden outlined a plan to distribute the first 25 million doses of 80 million America plans to send abroad this month. Russia's finance minister said that the country's national wealth fund will eliminate its dollar holdings in favour of euros, yuan and gold. The NWF holds money generated by sales of oil and gas. Russia has been moving away from the dollar for some time, and recent sanctions, including those levied by America in response to cybercrime attacks, have further diminished its appeal as a reserve currency. The Joint List, an alliance of majority Arab parties, threw its weight behind a move to depose the Israeli parliament's current speaker so he cannot delay a vote that would put a new government in power. Eight parties have agreed to form a coalition that would unseat Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's longest-serving prime minister, but the Knesset must first approve it. In a sign that previously frosty relations between China's government and Ant Group are thawing, regulators gave the fintech giant approval to operate a consumer finance company. Ant's IPO, scheduled for November 2020, was cancelled after a regulatory crackdown on fintech firms. Ant will own half of the new entity, contributing 4 billion yuan, $626 million in capital. The other 50% will be split between six shareholders. David Diop, a French Senegalese writer, won the International Booker Prize for his novel At Night All Blood is Black. Half of the £50,000, $71,000 prize goes to Anna Moscovacus, an American author who translated the work from French. The most realist of the novel shortlisted, it follows a Senegalese soldier's descent into madness while fighting for France in the First World War. And fact of the day. The Ottoman Turks, who ruled most of the Middle East in the 19th century, decriminalised homosexuality a century before America and Britain. And now here's today's agenda. Hard to predict. America's jobs report. This time last month, economists rubbed their hands in glee, expecting the world's largest economy to produce a juicy employment number for April. Some one million extra jobs they anticipated, possibly more. In fact, America created just 266,000 that month. Suitably admonished, Wonks moderated their predictions for May's report to be released today. Economists on the left and the right interpreted last month's miss in their own way. Leftists said that it showed that even more fiscal stimulus was required. 
those on the right said overly generous handouts had given people an excuse not to look for work. An overlooked factor behind the employment growth slowdown is that it takes time for people to realise where new economic opportunities may be. And some people are still scared of contracting COVID-19. The consensus figure for today is around 650,000 extra jobs. A number far higher or lower cannot be ruled out. All in the numbers. Corporate tax reform. A long overdue revolution in the way multinationals are taxed may be imminent, sparked by the sequence 7, 20, 139. Finance ministers from the G7, a club of rich countries, are expected to voice support for a global minimum tax rate for big companies at a meeting of finance ministers starting today. By July, the broader G20 hopes to agree on the rate and how to apply it, and to reallocate taxing rights away from tax havens and towards countries where firms do business. That could pave the way for all 139 countries in the OECD's quote, inclusive framework, a collective effort to tackle tax avoidance, to settle the matter by year's end. Some havens, particularly Ireland, are pushing back. Developing countries have reservations. But with strong support from the Biden administration and several big EU countries, the talks have momentum. The reforms have the potential to be the biggest overhaul of corporate tax rules in a century, if it is not watered down along the way. Forced to forget Tiananmen vigils in Hong Kong For three decades, the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China has held an annual candlelit vigil in Victoria Park to mark the crushing of the Tiananmen Square protests in Beijing in 1989. It is the only, quote, June 4th memorial on Chinese soil. Last year, it was banned for the first time, ostensibly as a measure against COVID-19. In reality, the Chinese Communist Party was tightening its grip. Tens of thousands showed up anyway. This year, people have more reason to stay away. Soon after last year's anniversary, the party introduced the national security law, criminalising, quote, subversion. Prosecutors have not been shy about hunting down activists. Thousands of police have been deployed and on Friday morning, a leader of the alliance was arrested. Some people will choose to light candles at home, but any commemoration will test the limits of the law. In Hong Kong, even remembering has become risky. Footnotes Our special report on Brazil Brazil is facing its biggest crisis since its return to democracy in 1985. Sarah Maslin, our Sao Paulo Bureau Chief, analyses a decade of mistakes in a seven-part report this week. She recommends reading Decadent Developmentalism, a book by Matthew Taylor that tracks decades of booms and busts and, in particular, the role played by political and economic institutions in causing development paralysis. And for further insight into decadence and graft, Alex Quadros's book Brazilianaires is a colourful portrait of the corrupt relationship between the state and some of its wealthiest people. The rapid rise of evangelicalism in Brazil has been striking. For those who speak Portuguese, Sarah recommends Povo de Deus by Juliano Speyer. For English speakers, quote, religion and Brazilian democracy considers the causes of polarisation between different denominations and the effect on Brazilian politics. The Amazon rainforest is both immense and fragile. Many forces will shape its future, including politics and economics. Sarah found a ProPublica article helpful in her research into carbon credits and 
forest preservation. Luis Bolognese's documentary, The Last Forest, which depicts threats faced by the Anomami, an indigenous tribe, and this issue of Realidad from 1971 were powerful too. Much in Brazil depends on the outcome of the 2022 election. To see what is at stake, read the special report and follow the author at Sarah Maslin on Twitter. Conservative angst. Saxony-Anhalt's election. Six weeks ago, Germany's leading political parties chose their candidates for the general election on September 26th. On Sunday, the parties will face their only electoral test between now and then, in the small state of Saxony-Anhalt. As in most eastern states, the hard-right alternative for Germany is strong there. It could exceed the 24% it won in 2016. That complicates coalition forming. Every other party shuns the AFD. Yet many rank-and-file state members of the centre-right Christian Democrats would rather work with the AFD than the Greens and other progressives with whom they currently govern several states. That troubles Armin Laschet, the CDU's new leader, who knows that flirting with the AFD will lose his party more votes in the West than it would gain in the East. The CDU should win Sunday's vote. But when it comes to arresting support for extremism in the East, the CDU is plainly out of ideas. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Giacomo Casanova, who died on this day in 1798. Man is free, but not unless he believes he is. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.